0: Last week we saw the Nehemiah started out imitating things that were successful. It seemed like he imitated the things of Daniel that had worked for him. But they were really not applicable to his situation or his time. But he grew out of that quickly. And he found himself in a situation where he couldn't copy anybody else. So he had to tune into his spirit, hear what he was supposed to do. And he did that pretty well. So, that many Christians start out in faith projects like healing or whatever kind of need they have in their life. They may start out imitating the faith of others. But if we're ever going to move out into our own faith, we have to learn to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us and obey. That's the kind of success we want to have. We also answered the question why put out the call to engage good leaders, apply resources, for something that really wasn't needed in building the wall around Jerusalem. So we spent time on that. So those are things from the week before. If you weren't here on that, you can certainly tune back on any of the places that we broadcast that. But here in Nehemiah chapter 3, the work on the wall begins. And we see that it is described in a good bit of detail. verse 1, Then Elishab, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priest, and built the sheep gate, they consecrated it, hung its doors, they built as far as the Tower of the Hundred, consecrated it, and then as far as the Tower of Hananel. So we have a picture that for those that are on the email list, I did email the picture to you. For those who didn't see that, you can look up on the screen. Daryl will bring that up, you just won't get to see the little green dot that I'll be flashing up on there, but This map does a pretty good job of showing us all the uh, places where workers were assigned. And so here in the first one, the Sheep Gate is all the way over on the upper left-hand corner. That would be the Sheep Gate. And that's where he starts off right over here with with Elishab and the priest. It's the area that is in black on the upper left-hand corner. They do color uh, colorize this and they change the colors from group to group. They do not keep them the same color when the group doubles. I guess they just wanted to keep the colors rotating in a certain way. But we'll see some places where groups doubled up and they did two parts on the wall. But their colors on this map are different. This is the area, the temple. Now, if you'll notice the shape of this from the shape of the maps we showed you last week, you will notice that this is the old city. They are building the wall around the old city. They are not extending it beyond here, uh, the the lower section from the Old Gate all the way out to the uh, southern part of the city, which is on your right. They did not uh, build that part of the wall. The part of the wall that they're doing is what is known as the Old City. Now, since Jerusalem does not have that many inhabitants, it's probably better to do this. It's a smaller area to, to close off, and that is probably why they had selected to do the Old City and not... The other ones that I believe Hezekiah was one of the ones who extended the walls out. So this is the area of the sheep gate. The sheep gate was very much used by the priest. It's uh, very much what it's named to be. They brought the sheep in here through that gate to go to the temple. And you all know what they went to the temple for. So that's why the priests were there. And they start off, they didn't hide behind any kind of a priest priest. Um, uh, World War priests, we have a job to do before God. They didn't hide behind any of that. They just decided, nope, we're going to get out there and we're going to get started on this. He starts here in the list with them. Doesn't mean necessarily they were the first ones to get out there and work, but they certainly could have been. This is where he starts anyways, by the, the Sheep Gate. And he is going to go all the way around the city and tell you who's working on each part except for one section, which we will get to. Now, we can't say that everyone pitched in to help but it is a good example that if we start off with the high priest and the high priest jump right in there and all the priest brethren came in there too. So it says in verse 2 next to Lishab the men of Jericho built and next to them Zakur the son of Imri built also the sons of Hassanah built the fish gate they laid his beams and hung its doors with his bolts and bars and next to them Merimoth the son of Uriah the son of Kaz made repairs next to them Meshulam the son of Barakai and the son of Meshezebel made repairs. Next to them, Zadok, the son of Banah, made repairs. So we'll take a look at them on the map and see how these folks go. So we had the area in black there in the upper left-hand corner. That was where the priest had begun. Then over there in the blue section, we had the men of Jericho. They did this section down over in here. The men of Zakir came and they took the gate or the the wall right on up to the fish gate and the sons of Hanas uh, built the fish gate. It seems that it's all they did was the fish gate. Out of the ten gates, four of the gates seemed to only be the responsibility of the group that was doing it. The rest of the ones, uh, the horse gate were not mentioned as to who fixed that, but the other ones, it seems that it was part of the repair of the wall. I don't know how it came that way, but that's how it is described here. We then go from, from there to, the, to Merimoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Kaz. He made this area after the fish gate that is in the gold golden color. That is, that is his spot. And next to them was Meshulam, the son of Barakai. And so that is our uh, section right there, sort of, sort of like the corner of the wall. He's making part of that. And then Zadok made up some more of this part. And one thing you notice when you look over here is that some sections of the wall are a lot longer than other sections of the wall. And I have no reason to be able to tell you why. The groups are differing in their numbers. Sometimes we only have a few people that are mentioned. Sometimes it's groups of people that are mentioned. And that could certainly have a lot to do with it. The one thing we don't know and is not told us anywhere in this passage is how much disrepair was the wall in where the particular group was working. So if you were working on a particular section and it had a whole lot of repair, it's going to take you a longer time to do a smaller section than if you had a bigger section that wasn't knocked down quite as much as the others. When they came in, they didn't have to knock down all of the walls. They had to knock down enough to get in there and conquer it. So they may not have spent time to knock down every part of the wall. So some walls may have been more intact than others not saying that they left any uh, any part of it completely intact but some of it they may not have torn down as much as as other parts of it so anyway that's our first section over here that we have so there's an imbalance of workers in each group uh, some of the examples I wrote down was the men of Jericho well we had the men of Jericho that could be a whole lot of people and then the sons of hasana and then a single mention in of uh, Merrimoth But the very next verse, which we haven't read yet, verse 5, refers to them. So it seemed like it wasn't a him, it was a them. So there must have been some others that were there with that one. (coughs) Um, Let's see. I thought there was... Yeah, there we are. Alright, next to them the Tekoites made repairs. If you're wondering, what is a Tekoite? These are people from Tekoa. I know that was deep, but uh, that's that's what it was. It's a town about south, uh, 10 miles south of Jerusalem. Uh, it is interesting to note that that Tekoa is not mentioned in Ezra chapter 2 when he mentions the surrounding villages and things that were inhabited. So maybe it was just too far south, whatever it might be. They didn't get a mention there, but obviously there are people that are settled in this uh, little town and they came up to help make the repairs. Next to them, the Tokoites made repairs, but their nobles did not put their shoulders to the work of their Lord. So it seems that we don't have the best example here of the nobles of the people that were uh, the nobility of the town, the people who ruled the town. They apparently didn't come up and really get dirty, uh, start moving some of the rocks, whatever it might be. They may have just stood on the side. There's also a possible interpretation with this that they were a bit of an opposition. They not only didn't put their shoulders into it, but they were a bit uh, against some of the things that were being done. But apparently the people that were under them came on up. And they uh, they actually did very, very well. We'll see this as we go on. So if you look at the map, we'll look at the area that the Tokoites are on. And they uh, took on the next section. And that is that little dark green color that's on the lower left-hand corner right next to the old city gate. It is a small section. But if you notice up directly to the, uh, if you make a line from there to the right corner, you're going to see a gold, a long golden bar, and that is also of uh, the tacoites. So they were actually on two different spots on here. Uh, so they, do, they took on quite a bit of the work there. They went from the gate, the Old City Gate, to the uh, north, and went from the Water Gate also to the north. Verse 6, Moreover, Jehoiada, the son of Paseah, and Meshullam the son of Besodiah, repaired the old gate. They laid its beams and hung its doors with its bolts and bars. So here's another one of the gates that is just the assignment of these particular people. It is belonging to Jehoiada, the son of Paseah, and Meshullam the son of Besodiah. That's only two people. It may just be that these two people did this particular gate. Now, gates involved a lot more than than walls. And as far as the gate is concerned, walls, you had a lot of the material that was there that was knocked down and probably reused most of that material to make the walls back up again. I don't know what all had to be involved. They had to reshape any of the the rocks that were there, what they had to do to get all those things in the wall and, and set firmly. But with the gates, you had to get the wood you had to uh, hang the beams. You had to make the locks because this, this uh, door that was on there had to be strong. It had to be not be able to be knocked off because if your door could be knocked off, it do not matter what kind of walls you got. You got to make sure that you can lock this door and that it can be fortified pretty well against attacks from the, from the enemy. So these two apparently took on the, the gate here. This is the old gate, as it was called. Verse 7, And next to them Melatiah the, Gib- the Gibeonite, Jadan the, Maranath, the Maranathite, and the men of Gibeon and Mizpah repaired the residence of the governor of the region beyond the river. So now we have a section of the wall, and the governor's residence is repaired. Now that could also be, instead of repairing the residence, they repaired the wall up to the residence. It is possible the residence has already been fixed because people probably had to stay in there. The governor. Probably had a place that he would still stay, and this is where he would conduct the business. Uh, so that could have already been put together. And he may just be doing the wall up to it. But this is how it's worded here. This is how the interpreters decided to, uh, do this. But I do understand that it could have been, could have gone the other way as well. Now the men of uh, Gibeon are included in Nehemiah chapter 7 verse 25, which we haven't come to just yet, among those who returned with Zerubbabel. Ezra chapter 2 also talks about the men of Gibeon. Verse 8 Next to him Uziel the son of Harhiah one of the goldsmiths made repairs. Now it says one of the goldsmiths there's apparently a lot of goldsmiths around here which that kind of surprises me that there's that many people who are working with gold. Also next to him Hananiah one of the perfumers made repairs and they fortified Jerusalem as far as the broad wall next to them Raphael, the son of Hur, leader of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs. Next to them, Jediah, the son of Haramath, made repairs in front of the house. And next to him, Hatosh, the son of Hashabaniah, made repairs. So if you look up on the map, you can see where we have progressed to. We have gone from the, uh, to the left of the old gate. We have covered that blue section there. We have covered that green section there. we got that red section there. And we have made it all the way on down to, I believe it is Jediah comes in at the black color that is right there towards the middle of the wall at the bottom. So, we're making our way around here as as we're going. Now, he's going in order. As he goes around, he's going in order. So, if there's ever any wondering, well, where's this? part talking to well, you pretty much know it's the next section from where he just left off. And so that helps us to identify uh, some of the things that are that are there. Now, Mal- Malkijah, the son of Hiram, and Hashab, the son of Pahath, Moab, repaired another section as well as the tower of the ovens. And next to him was Shalom, the son of Heloish leader of half the district of Jerusalem. He and his daughters made repairs. Now, There is mention in the word of God of Hezekiah making a number of towers. This might have been one of those towers that he had made. Of course, the walls would have had towers anyway. I think he just added to some of the towers that were there. But this is the tower of the ovens. So they wanted to make sure that the towers are there. The towers are what give you the the sight to be able to see the enemy is coming. And you can also fire some uh, offensive weapons from there. The um, Verse 12, let me read that again. And next to him was Shalom, the son of Halosh, leader of half the district of Jerusalem. He and his daughters made repairs. This is the only place where we have daughters being involved, at least that are mentioned. They may have been involved in some of the other groups. When it talks about those from Tekoa, there may have been daughters involved with that. There may have been some daughters involved when they came up from uh, different villages. Uh, We don't know. But for some reason, here it made it specific it seems like he is only working on this with his daughters, and so he felt that needed to be be uh, made known. So if you pull up our map again, we can see the progress that we are making here. We are going down over here. We haven't quite gotten to the valley gate yet. That is going to be our next, next spot. But we've covered the next two sections up until it. So then we pick up at the valley gate in thirteen. Hanun, the inhabitants of Zenoa repaired the valley gate. They built it, hung its doors with its bolts and bars, and repaired a thousand cubits of the wall as far as the refuse gate. So, pull over our map again on this one. This is a big section of stuff here. And this is the inhabitants of Zenoa. Now again, in that, when you get the inhabitants of a particular group of people from of a city, village, town, you could be having daughters, sons, all sorts of things in there. But they took from this valley gate, and they went all the way on down. They took all this area. That's a huge section of all this that they had gone on. And we don't have anybody else doing any other repairs until we have the refuse gate down there. Right there on your map, it's called the gate, but it is the exact same place So they did all that wall, which is longer than any of the other sections that we have seen so far over in here. They did a longer section of wall and also the valley gate. Again, we don't know how disrepaired any of these were, how much they had to be be fixed. Maybe that section of wall didn't need a whole lot of fixing and that's why they were able to do so much of it. It's easy to just make an assumption well, they're better workers. They were faster. They cared more about it. But I don't know if we can make that assumption. We just don't know the condition That was there. So then we come to verse 14. Malchijah, the son of Rachab, leader of the district of Beth-Hakharam, repaired the refuse gate. He built it, hung its doors with its bolts and bars. Now this is probably not the most prestigious of sections to have your name on. Can you imagine that? Oh, you were helping out building the city? What did you build? Oh, I built the dung gate. I built the refuse gate. I've I've built the gate where they take all the junk out, all the stuff nobody wants. (laughs) And You might say, well, I don't know if I want my name on that particular spot, but you're only as strong as your weakest link. If this particular gate is not built strong, who cares what the rest of the wall and the rest of the gates are? Just go down here, let's just come through the dung gate. Let's just go through the refuge gate because soldiers don't care what they have to come through as long as they can get in and conquer the city. So they'll go through whatever gate is the weakest, whatever they determine is the weakest point, that's where they're going to go. So they had to make sure that they put their all into it, even though it was not that glamorous. Keep that in mind as we get to the end. Verse 15, Chalon, the son of Kol the leader of the district of Mizpah, repaired the fountain gate. He built it, covered it, hung its doors with its bolts and bars, and repaired the wall of the pool of Shelah by the king's garden, as far as the stairs that go down from the city of David. So if you pull the up again, we will see that they did the Valley Gate all the way down here to the Dung Gate. Then we had the Dung Gate that was done, a little bit of the wall that was there as well. These guys, Shalom, they filled the finished the wall from where our other guys left off, and they also did the Fountain Gate and a little bit of the wall after that. So now the Fountain Gate—it sounds like a lot more prestigious, It's a lot nicer. There's a lot of uh, uh, nice things like the pool that was here. And so maybe that's more prestigious, but it's not too far from the Dungate. It's uh it's pretty close to it. Now it says here that the that it went as far as the pool of Shelah, this may have been the reservoir of Hezekiah that we know was built in um Isaiah twenty two, eleven tells us about that. He then also talks about the house of the mighty that uh, they had Repaired uh, that. I believe that's. Did I jump back too far on that one? Nope, the no, House of the Mighty is the next one. Let's read that. Verse 16. And after him, Nehemiah, the son of Azbuk, leader of the half district of Bethzer, made repairs as far as the place in front of the tombs of David to the man made pool and as far as the House of the Mighty. So the House of the Mighty here, it may have been the barracks of David's elect troops that we read of in First Chronicles 11 and verse 10. That may have been the same place. The tombs of David, they were excavated or carved or made out of the western side of the temple, but they have not yet been discovered. We don't know exactly where they are. They haven't uh, uncovered where those things are, as lest I've heard anyway. Now when it says here in verse 16, the pool that was made, it could be referring back to verse 15 and that pool or it could be one that Nehemiah was built during Nehemiah's time. Don't know which it was, but there's a at least one pool down in there, maybe there were two. But these are the things that were there and that was the gate and the section of the wall that they built. Verse 17 after him the Levites under Vahum, the son of Banai made repairs next to him. Hashabiah, leader of the half district of Keilah made repairs for his district. Now, this was a pretty prestigious town. It's about 13 miles south of Jerusalem. It commanded the road to Hebron and was fortified by Rehoboam in Second Chronicles 11 and verse 7. Now, just from the mention of it, the way it's talked about here, we uh, may figure that it's ranked as an important town on the southern frontier. In the Maccabean Wars it appears as a strongly fortified place and the scene of three of the bloodiest conflicts of the wars there. So it had become quite a uh, prestigious place, more so after the days of Nehemiah than even was there now. And after him, their brethren under Bavai, the son of Hanadad, leader of the other half of the district of Kayla, made repairs. So this district had two leaders, one on one half and one on the other. And next to him, Azer, the son of Jeshua, the leader of Mitzpah, repaired another section in front of the ascent to the armory at the buttress. After him, Baruch, the son of Zabai, carefully repaired the other section from the buttress to the door of the house of Elishab, the high priest. And after him, Merimoth, the son of Urijah, the son of Kaz, repaired another section from the door of the house of Elishab to the end of the house of Elishab. So let's take a look at this on the map that's going to go from our gate down over here on the upper right-hand corner of the fountain gate, and we have covered all these sections are very small sections. They're not not huge. This could have been an area where it was completely demolished. This may have been one of the main sections where they came in when they attacked them. I don't know exactly, but uh, this may have been the heaviest damage, if you remember when uh, Nehemiah had gone out he came out through the valley gate and he was walking on around there were areas over in here he could not cross because of the damage so these could be more heavily damaged areas than the others and that's why you see them taking on such a small small section but that's all a guess on my part and it says after him the priest let me see if I can find that before we lose our our map here uh there's a section that just this assigns it to the priest. And I can't uh, read it this far. There it is. Right over there. It's in the purple. Color purple. So the priest, just a bunch of priests apparently had picked this up. Now the priest were already involved in another section. So it's either some of the same people coming on down to help out this area. Or... Uh, maybe these priests were only involved over in here. There could be a lot of priests in the in the group. Maybe they just divided them up and someone had come on down and they were taking care of this. But it says they were men of the plain. Uh, these are priests that would be dwelling in the Jordan Valley. So maybe specifically the ones of Jordan, who were in the Jordan Valley, they helped out over here. The ones who resided in the city itself, maybe they were helping in the other part that we uh, saw first verse 23 after him Benjamin and Hashab made repairs opposite their house after them Azariah the son of Meshea the son of Ananiah made repairs by his house after him Benui the son of Hanadad repaired another section from the house of Azariah to the buttress even as far as the corner now pull up our map again again where these are all small sections but it seems that a lot of these guys over here are building the wall that is by their house. Either they have a house that is on the wall or their house is very near that section of the wall. So all this time, all these decades they have lived with the wall torn down, they have not been moved to fix it. Even though it's right there by their house. They see it every day. But now they are moved to fix it. Maybe because of the mass of people that are doing it. Maybe they look out there and says, it does us no good if we fix this ourselves. The rest of the wall is all torn down. But now they're looking at the bigger picture. All right, we got other people working on the other parts of the wall. It's worthwhile for us to get on out there and to put this stuff together. So they get on out and each one is taking the sections by their house. For the most part, those little sections, they are taking care of things that are right there by their house. Not 100% of them, but certainly some. Now, the guy here, B-I-N-N-U-I, the men of Hanadad, had another piece. Now, this name Benui had not occurred previously, but it's thought to be substituted for Bavai, B-A-V-A-I, in verse 18. He was a Levite of the important of the important Levitical family of Hanadad, and he is mentioned in Ezra 3:9. So, it could be that he was uh, just given two different names here. Uh, some people say that well maybe they just copied it wrong I don't ever like that but certainly people can, can have different names and maybe somehow he uh, got them confused on there but the father is still the same on this so that seems to bring us to the same person verse 25 Palau the son of Uzai, made repairs opposite the buttress and on the tower which projects from the king's upper house that was by the court of the prison after him the son of parash made repairs one other thing on our man before uh, in in Benai it is possible I guess that the same father could name their son two similar sounding names I mean they do it now we have Kyle and Carl and you know they, they just it seems like people just love doing that we had neighbors and they put all their kids with uh, names that began with K and they all sounded real similar. But that's uh, just some things that some people do. Maybe they did it back then as well. But whatever it was, we know that the, it seems like the father was the, at least the same. So if we pull our map back up again, we will see that we are making progress. We are going through over here. We haven't quite gotten to the water gate yet, but we are making our way over to to that particular area. So we have covered from the Sheep Gate all the way on around, made our way back on up, and we're approaching the, the uh, water gate now. So, in verse 26, moreover, the Nathenim, and you remember we talked about them before, there are some servants who dwell in Ophel, and there is a separate wall that seems to go around Ophel that was made uh, in the uh, books prior to this. It may be that that particular wall had never been torn down because that wasn't really protecting anything once the rest of the wall had, had fallen. But we have these servants who dwell in Ophel as far as the place in front of the water gate toward the east and on the projecting tower so another tower is over in this spot and then we come to verse 27 after them the Tekoites repaired another section next to the great projecting tower and as far as the wall of Ophel so verse 5 had the first section of the tek- of the, um, <coughs> excuse me, Tekoites repaired either finishing early or they worked on both concurrently. Don't know which one it was because it doesn't tell us. But they apparently were involved in working on both of these areas, and this section was a pretty good-sized section. If you pull up our our map again, there is a tower that is in this area as well. Don't know. I can't pinpoint it. wasn't able to pinpoint all that. But somewhere in this uh, this section, there's going to be a tower. Would make sense to have a tower by a gate. But you can see this is a pretty long section that is here. Uh, it may be that this section wasn't as much broken down. If this section was greatly broken down, they may not have had to have deal with that side too much. I don't know. But they took on quite a bit of a section over in this area. And I think I forgot to tell you that if if I uh, remember this right, uh, the most famous pers- person from the city of Tekoa was the prophet Amos. He came from that that group there. Verse 28, Beyond the horse gate, the priests made repairs, each in front of his own house. So here, if we go back over to our map again, we're getting our workout on this this here map. And so the the priests are just given a a section that is right up over in here, that is right after the horse gate. And it's kind of a, it looks like a brown in color. And so we're not told who, but each one built their section that was in front of their house. And that's a pretty small section. So they probably didn't have to do too much of that themselves. But you notice this area here from the horse gate to the right of it. It's all black in color. And we are given nobody who did anything there. So either there was no repair that needed to be made to the horse gate and this section of the wall. Keep in mind that years before, in the days of Ezra, they had actually undertaken... Actually, before the days of Ezra, when they first arrived in there, they undertaken repair on some of the uh, walls and the gates. And it may be the horse gate is one they fully repaired. And that's why there's no mention of it here. And so they may be going in and out of the horse gate all the time, the gate fully repaired, and that section of wall was fully repaired. And maybe that's where they stopped. So we don't know where they worked on it before, how far they got, But they may have gotten something actually done in that black section right there he left off, which would make sense to the people that he's writing to because they would know that section of the wall was already finished, it was already done. We didn't have to do too much with that. And it may be that that area of the Tekoites, when they had repaired this, had also begun to repair some of this but hadn't finished it and they came on in and finished up whatever was being done there. But then this is your area that was really broken down. So that's all supposition. I can't tell you for sure, but that sure gives us an explanation as to why the uh, sections are so much different. Verse twenty nine, after them Zadok, the son of Immer, made repairs in front of his own house. After him Shemaiah the son of Shechaniah, the keeper of the East Gate, made repairs. Now I read some things on this, this guy here, Shechaniah. There is um, I'm sorry, Shemaiah, uh, the son of Shechaniah, there is a Shemaiah, the son of Shechaniah, in first chronicles three twenty two. And some want to say that he may be the same guy. I have a hard time thinking that one. Because if you look at the 70 years of captivity, that's going to make you pretty old right there. If you look at the time frame from Ezra to Nehemiah, that's um, probably another 60, 50, 60 years that goes on there. That would make them very old. And if they were old enough to be prominently mentioned in the, in the book, I don't see how it could be the same person. There may be some, uh, some other ones that had the same name, but that's, this was a descendant of David, the one we t- read about in First Chronicles. And perhaps there was another Shemaiah that was, uh, uh, born to them. They just named them the same name, and they're still going by the son of Shechaniah. Uh, I don't know all that. They do a lot of the identity for these folks, not with surnames, but who you are the son of. And that's how they, they, they uh, tell the difference but he would be a pretty old man if he was if he was still there in this one so after him Shemaiah the son of Shechanai the keeper of the east gate made repairs now he's the keeper of the east gate let's pull our map back up again we have the horse gate and then we have the east gate and the east gate is right, right pretty close to the horse gate and so there were some repairs that had to be done to the east gate those repairs were made And he was called the keeper of the East Gate. It's interesting, he's the only one we have who's a keeper of a gate. No one else is really mentioned as a keeper of the gate, but for some reason he is, and maybe it's because of the prestige of being in the family of David. But here's our our, uh, other one, that light blue color, would be Zadok, that area, and then the green color here, and the yellow color I believe we have uh, covered as well. So we are up to... Verse 31. After him, Malchijah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs as far as the house of Nathinim and of the merchants in front of Mifkad, of the Mifkad gate, and as far as the upper room at the corner. Now, you may have never heard of the Mifkad gate, and you would not be alone on that. I don't know what that is myself. So I looked up some of the other translations, pulled one of them out there for you in the uh, NET. It puts it this way, opposite the inspection gate. The inspection gate. Now, that we can understand a lot more. If we throw that back up on our map, we can see the inspection gate that will show up there for us. And that is right over here, the inspection gate. That's in the area purple. And so it says that one of the goldsmiths repairs as far as the house of Nathanum, and of the merchants in front of the, what would you say, inspection gate. So he did the inspection gate. And he also did some of the wall that went beyond that. And then we have the goldsmiths and merchants that are going to uh, come up here. In verse 32, In between the upper room at the corner, as far as the sheet gate, the goldsmiths and the merchants made repairs. And that's that last section on that map. It seems that either this section was not assigned to anybody or nobody volunteered for it. But if you don't finish the last section of gate, then you haven't really finished the wall. So uh, some of the merchants got together and some of the goldsmiths got together and they uh, made the repairs on this. Um, So the last section seems to have uh, been done this way. Again, the only section we don't know about is that one section up at the top in their map that was in black, but everybody here did their part. Now some did a smaller section, some did a bigger section. Again, we don't know how much work was to be done on it, some smaller, some bigger. Some had many workers. Others only had a few. Some repaired what was around them. And others came from a great distance. So some people, they repaired the wall that was right around their house. Other people, they came from towns 10 miles south, 12 miles south, and came and stayed there while they made the repairs on these things. Some had prestigious sections. They had really nice sections. And others had things like the refuse gate to to fix up. Some sections that were not so glamorous. Some sections were likely more broken down than other sections were. But what we don't hear is any critique of the other people's work. You don't hear anybody saying this, this uh, thing that, well, this group didn't like the way that they were working or how hard they were going or what section of wall they received. We don't hear any of that. There's no complaints because of what we were given to do. We don't want to do that section. We'd rather do this section This section needs too much work. This section, we don't have the people that we're going to need for this. They just all seem to to rise up and to do it. They don't even uh, complain about the other people. Well, these people over here, they didn't do their fair share. We did a whole lot more work. What if the people from Tekoa say, well, we did this section and this section. You guys only did this little tiny thing over here. But they didn't, as far as we can tell from the writings that we have, They didn't do that. Every person did the section that they were assigned or the section they volunteered for, whichever it was that they had done. And they seemed to do it without any complaints. That's pretty amazing by itself, isn't it? Now, we haven't gotten to that verse of Scripture yet, but in a little while we will read it and we see that they accomplished this task in 52 days. That's a pretty good amount of work to get the wall back up and going. Now, they're not building a wall from scratch. They are repairing a wall, so there are still a lot of materials that are there that does help them. I don't think any of the wood that was there was of any use. They would probably have to make new wood, which is one of the things he asked for, which was timber from the forest that were around. But the success and the effectiveness of the wall depends entirely on what each one did. Each one had to be completely committed to making their gate, their section of wall as strong as it could be if their section of wall their gate was weaker then the entire wall would be as weak as that spot right there you're only as strong as your weakest link this is like the body of Christ because in the body of Christ there are some jobs the word of God tells us that are not as glamorous as others Bible tells us that everybody wants to be an eye. That, that's a glamorous spot right there. Nobody wants to be a toe or a foot. That's not as glamorous. I don't like that one over there. No, we want the glamorous jobs. So people move themselves to more attention-getting calls, like prophet, apostle, even pastor, evangelist, or teacher. Well, they get they're uh, they get more attention. They get more glory. I'd rather be one like that. But people not called. You step into an area where you're not supposed to be will hurt the body of Christ. The giftings are lessened in the eyes of the body as well as the world as people do when they teach things to get attention instead of following the voice of God. And we see so much of that going on. People are teaching things because of the attention that it affords them. Because people like to hear this kind of teaching because people are gravitating to this particular thing. People prophesy words because people like to hear this kind of word doesn't matter whether god spoke it or not but people will give me attention if i prophesy these things and it's the exact same thing we saw so much in the prophets in the old testament people were prophesying things that gave them attention that made them popular this is what people want to hear about the politics of the day this is what people want to hear about the temple today this is what people want to hear about what god is doing and what god is delivering us from and what kind of things god is working on our behalf and so there were prophets who were raised up who would do this. But there were always those few who would take the non glamorous spots. There were the Jeremiahs and the Isaiahs and the Ezekiels. And they would speak out and they would tell people, God is not pleased. God does not like what it is He's seeing. And God is not in this. And people would rise up and the other prophets would rise up against them but they still held true to what the Lord had said to them because they knew they had to make the wall effective and they had to be that strength. So they would say these things. Now some people don't always apply themselves or give themselves entirely to the gift that God has given them. Maybe because they want something more glamorous, they want something that is more uh, prestigious than what they see that particular thing as being. If I see what I do as not that important, I will give it less than what God expects. All the while, though, no, people are waiting for God to give them more when they're not treating what they have with everything they could. But we will make the, the body of Christ as strong as we put into the calling and the gifting that God has given us. I may not like that calling or that gifting. I may like something that is more prestigious. I may want to teach on these particular topics, but God says, no, I need you to teach this. Yeah, but I, I like speaking on these things, and I like saying, thus says the Lord about this. But God says, no, that's not what I'm trying to say to the people. And if you say those things, you are undergirding their defense. You're making them weaker. And many of the false prophets that we saw that rise up inside of Israel made them weaker because they believed the lie instead of repenting and doing what the Word of God spoke to them to do. So here in our day, each of us has to work on our section of the wall. I have to attend to it first and foremost with everything that God put in me, with everything that God put in you, because the protection around the body of Christ has everything to do with what we do with our call. And those calls don't have to be five-fold ministry. If everybody attended to the five-fold ministry then there wouldn't be the other other places. If everybody attended to four or five sections of the wall that were the most broken down, what about the other sections? No, every section had to be taken care of. every section had to be strengthened. every gate had to be made strong. one and everyone was assigned a different part. And no one seemed to go around and inspect what other people were doing. i got to make sure that what I am doing is, is good. The body of Christ is the same way. The enemy likes to get us distracted. Well, if prophet so-and-so would do their job. Well, if helps minister so-and-so would do their job. Well, if only these people over here would do their job. I could get what I need done better. But you see, we're given a section of the wall in the body of Christ and I have to make sure that I do everything in my power in the things that God has gifted me with and the things that God has gifted you with to make sure that your section of wall is done to where it needs to be done that you make it as strong as you can and that you put everything into it even if you feel like you have been given the refuse gate and you don't necessarily want your name on that no I'd rather have the east gate or the old gate or the sheep gate. Or is there much nicer gates? I'd rather be up over there working. Or what about this section of the wall. It doesn't need a whole lot of work. I'd rather be given something like this. But we don't have that opportunity to say that. God has given to each one of us a section of the wall to protect His body, to strengthen His body. That's the purpose of the giftings that God has put into the body of Christ is to strengthen it, to make it strong, and to stand up against the things that the enemy would throw against us. So what is your section of the wall? Are you giving it your all? Are you putting everything into it? Do you see it as important? Or do you constantly look over your shoulder to see what brother, sister, so-and-so is doing on the next section? Do you go walking around the city instead of working on your section of the wall to inspect the other sections of the wall and see how the other giftings are going about doing their thing? Or are you focused entirely doing what you have in front of you. That's what we have to make sure that we do. I look at some of the things that are going on in the body of Christ and there's a whole lot of stuff I I see I don't like. I wish the prophet's ministry in this country was a lot better and a lot stronger than what it is. I wish the people would take the ministry seriously and do what it it is in the word of God. There's an aspect of protection that is added to the body of Christ that comes only through the prophet. But as long as people are more geared up to do what is popular it, what makes them successful in the eyes of people we're not going not gonna to see that but I'm not called into those areas I'm not going to try and step into it as, well I guess I can probably do that better that's not what we're supposed to be here to do we're here to be doing what it is that God called us to do and I need to make sure that my section of the wall is as strong as it can be The enemy will constantly try and get us distracted. Try and get us to inspect instead of build. But we're here to build. Make sure you take whatever it is that God has given you to do and you put your all into it. I'm going to make this section of wall as strong as I can make it. The Lord's going to see my name on this and he's going to know that sister, brother, so-and-so built this section and they made it strong and that's what we want our god to see here we see a bunch of people they all got together one person uh, ordered them put them in a it gave them the direction and they built this walled city people inside could be a lot less distressed god was concerned about that we looked at that last week And he put a wall around their city. Even though his protection would have been sufficient. He gave them something to help them with. And used all these different people. From all different things. Goldsmiths. Perfumers. Priests. People from towns and villages. All kinds of people were used in putting this together. And they made a city wall. They gave it defense and protection. So what is it that God has called you to do to increase the defense and the protection of the body of Christ? Just because you're not in a five-fold ministry, we sure see a whole lot of places where the, the defenses are down. And people are getting involved in, in politics, people are getting involved in local governments, and people are getting involved in school boards to protect the students. All those things are important too. But your section of the wall is the thing that God has given you the passion for and the giftings for. And make sure that you make that section of the wall as strong as you can. Father, we thank you that we have an assignment and we have been given what we need to make that assignment. We can't look around at the walls and say, I don't have any sons. If I had sons, I could make this section of the wall good. No, that person who had that section of the wall said, I will do it with my daughters. He went out there with his daughters and they made that section of the wall strong. There is no excuse because wherever we are and whatever you have given us to do, you have equipped us to be able to do it. And I thank you that you have. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.